In case you've forgotten, in case you've been deceived, this day Christmas is all about Jesus. Amen? In case you've forgotten, in case it's been too much focus on everything else, this is where we celebrate the birthday of the greatest God-man who ever existed, the one who came for you and me. So Merry Christmas, everybody, and happy birthday, Jesus. Amen? Very quickly this morning, the title of my message is very long. And this is what I've entitled today's message. The unexpected arrival of the Savior of the world that was pre-planned before the foundations of the earth. The unexpected arrival of the Savior of the world that was pre-planned before the foundations of the earth. You see, this here I hold in my hand is a Bible. If you don't know what a Bible is, this is the Word of God, amen? And we believe that this is the verbal, plenary, inspired Word of God. Verbal meaning that every word, plenary meaning in the entire Bible, inspired meaning was written by God through the hands of man under leadership and guidance and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that every word in this entire book is true and it was written by God. That means because God wrote it, we believe it, amen? That means because God wrote it, it's true. And in its original manuscripts, the Bible is infallible and it is inerrant, meaning without error. This is the life cheat code that God has given us, amen? And in this book, it's made up of what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament portion is the portion that was written before Jesus was born, ultimately pointing forward to when Jesus would come. Then we have the New Testament, and in the beginning of the New Testament, we have what we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And these books were all about the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of, you guessed it, Jesus. Then the rest of the New Testament is essentially instruction for Christian living. How those who've decided to follow Jesus should conduct their worship of God and how they should conduct their lives in order to honor and be a true witness of who Jesus is. So what's the point? The point this morning is this, that Jesus is at the center of everything. The point is that Jesus is in the Old Testament being revealed and pointed to as he would come, that the Gospels were all about the life and the ministry of Jesus, and that the rest of the book was all about how those who follow Jesus should live. Jesus is the point. He is the message. He's the centerpiece of our salvation. And if you would make him the center of your life, friends, you would have the favor of God upon you. If you would make him the center of your life, then you wouldn't just have the favor of God upon you, you would have peace with God. And friends, if you have peace with God, come hell or high water, 
you're going to be okay. Because if the Almighty God who breathed creation into existence gives you His peace, then no matter what happens around you, it's going to be okay. You see, Jesus is the center of everything. Near the Old Testament, continually points towards Jesus. Different scholars would suggest different things, but it's safe to say conservatively that Jesus fulfilled at least 300 prophecies in his life, in, sorry, in his birth, in his life, in his ministry, in his death and resurrection. That he was the fulfillment of what was prophesied thousands of years before at least 300 times. And so for the sake of time this morning, I just want to go through four of them. Four of them. In 700 BC, that means before Christ. In 700 BC, the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, prophesies this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call his name Emmanuel. This was the prophecy in 700 BC, 700 years before the Lord. We then see the fulfillment of this prophecy in the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of, the G of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It was prophesied 700 years earlier. And Jesus' birth through the Virgin Mary became the fulfillment of what God had said. Friends, if you remember one thing today, remember this. If God says it, His promises are yes and amen. He's faithful and He can be trusted. You see, Jesus was born miraculously of a virgin. This is what we call uh, Jesus being the incarnate deity, which means that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and He took on human flesh, and He became fully human while retaining His divine nature. 
Friends, you have to understand the miraculous nature of Jesus' birth is that he is fully man and fully God. He was born of a virgin who was impregnated by the great Holy Spirit. Prophecy number one. It was prophesied that he would be born of a virgin. And that his name would be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He came down. You don't have to go up. He came down so that you don't have to work to be saved like every other religion in the world. You work, you step, you climb to appease this deity in the sky, but our God is a humble God. Our God is a loving God, and He came down and lowered Himself, the Creator of the universe, lowered Himself to be born into a pig pen to rely upon His mother while being fully God and fully man. Remember that Jesus came down for you. The second prophecy also around 700 BC is in the book of Micah chapter five, verses two. And it says, but you, Bethlehem, I'm not gonna read that word. That word. But you, Bethlehem, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Bethlehem, out of you is going to come a ruler, and then it says, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. This ruler who is going to be born in Bethlehem will be from Old, he will be from ancient times. If you don't know, Jesus has eternally existed. There's none before him. There's none like him. He is existence. And he who is eternally existent from ancient times was prophesied to be born out of an insignificant place called Bethlehem. Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 is the fulfillment. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? That's who will rule over Israel. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. 700 years before Jesus, it was prophesied that he would come, that he would be called Emmanuel, and he would be born of a virgin. 700 years before Christ was born, it was prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem. 
So 700 years earlier, two different prophets spoke out under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and declared that he'd be born of a virgin and that his name would be Emmanuel, meaning that he would be God with us and that he would be born in Bethlehem. And there it is, fulfilled in the book of Matthew. The third one is in 700 B.C., the Isaiah prophesied again. Verse 35, 5, it says, Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. And water will gush forth in the wilderness and in the streams and in the desert. Isaiah was prophesying that when the Messiah, that when the Savior comes, he would do mighty, miraculous works, specifically in the area of healing the sick. Because our God is a healer. But this wasn't just prophesied, it was fulfilled in the book of Luke 18. We see that the blind will see. He says, what do you want from me? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And it says, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Isaiah prophesied that he would see, help the blind see. And we see it happen in the book of Luke that Jesus heals blind eyes. In Mark 7, verse 32, it says, there's some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. It says, after he took him aside away from the crowd, and Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven, and with a deep sigh, he said to him, that word again, <laughs> which means, be opened. And at this, the man's ears were open and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak plainly. It was prophesied that the Messiah that would come would open the eyes of the blind. He would open the ears of the deaf and he would loose the tongue of those who cannot speak. And there we see in the Bible, Jesus came and he opened the ears of the deaf and he liberated the tongue of those who could not speak. He was walking out the fulfillment of what was prophesied some 700 years earlier. In John 5, 5, it says, one who was there had been an invalid, sorry, an invalid, meaning he was lame, for 38 years. He couldn't walk for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long, excuse me, for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me to the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. Isaiah prophesied that the blind would see, that the deaf would hear, that the mute would speak. And that the lame would walk. And Jesus 
walking in the fulfillment, in his destiny, in his pre-planned purpose, saw the blind see, saw the deaf hear, saw the mute speak, and saw the lame walk. You see, what's so important is that on Christmas, we tend not to want to talk about the life of Jesus and just the birth of Jesus. And although the birth of Jesus was miraculous, his life was miraculous. But what's most miraculous about his birth and his life is what happens next. The final prophecy for today is this. In the book of Psalm twenty-two, sixteen, 16. It says, dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me, and they pierce my hands and my feet, and my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. The keyboard player can come join me. You see, what was happening here in the book of Psalms was a prophecy. This prophecy was about the crucifixion of Jesus. In Mark chapter 15, verse 24, we see it. It says, and then they crucified him, and they divided up his clothes, and they cast lots to see what each would get. You see, this passage in the book of Psalms was some thousand years before Christ came into the earth. And what was being prophesied was not that just Jesus would die, but also that crucifixion, the form of death, would come into play. You see, a thousand years before Christ, this psalm was written. But only 600 years before Christ did the Persians actually invent the crucifixion way of dying. So here we see in the book of Psalms, it says they will nail his hands and they will nail his feet. And it says his bones will be visible for all to see. The book of Psalms prophesies that a thousand years to come, a Savior would die upon the cross. His hands would be nailed. His feet would be nailed. And that form of execution didn't even exist yet. Then it says that he would divide up his garments by casting lots a thousand years before. You see, friends, Jesus was always the plan. It was prophesied that he'd be born of a virgin, that the God would become a man. It was prophesied that he would be birthed in a small insignificant town called Bethlehem. And there the Son of God left the mother's womb and came into life. It was prophesied that this one who was born in a manger wouldn't just be a regular man, but he would be a miraculous man and that he would see the blind see, he would see the deaf hear the mute speak and the lame leap like a deer. And as Jesus went around, the Bible says he did mighty miracles among them. He went around doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. And then the Old Testament prophesies that this man would be crucified. 
that in the most sensitive parts of his body's nails would be driven through, that he would hang upon a cross in our place for our sin. And Jesus didn't just decide to fulfill the fun stuff. Jesus decided to fulfill the gruesome stuff that saw you and saw me and said, you're worth hanging on a cross for. The Bible goes on to prophesy that Jesus wouldn't stay dead, but that He would rise again. And friends, He was born miraculously. He lived miraculously. He died miraculously. And He rose again from the dead. Friend, it's not just about the birth of Jesus. It's about Jesus. And He came into the world to give you and me hope again. The message of Christmas isn't just about a big fat man in a red and white hat. It's about Jesus. It's about the Savior of the world who unexpectedly turned up in the womb of a 16-year-old virgin. And although unexpected for Mary, it had been planned before the foundations of the earth. Your salvation has been planned before the foundations of the earth. Because Jesus was always the plan for you. And I don't know what got you in the room this morning. I don't know why you're sitting here this morning. But maybe you have an unexpected arrival of the Savior in your life today that was planned before you even were thought of. Because it's the unexpected arrival of the Savior of the world that as we can see over 300 times was spoken of that Jesus was always the plan. Always the plan. I'm going to read one more passage of Scripture in the book of Luke 2, verses 8. It says, And where the shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. It says, and suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts, or another way to say that is suddenly a great company of the armies of God appeared with this angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And then they said this line, and peace on earth to those whose his favor rests. Peace on earth to those whom God's favor rests. You see, friends, the peace of God, it's available for everybody. But those who experience it are those in whom God's favor rests upon. 
those whom God calls, those whom the Father draws, and those who receive Him. Hebrews 11.6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to have favor with God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. The message of Christmas is that the Son of God came to the world who was in sin and error, in need of a Savior. And He was pre-planned from the beginning to be born of the virgin in a manger, to live a miraculous life, to die for you and me, and to rise again, that you would have the opportunity to find favor with the Lord. We receive the favor of the Lord by putting our trust in Him, by putting our faith in Him. And then, Those who have favor with the Lord will have peace with God for all of eternity.